Hello and welcome, welcome in. Welcome to the, the podcast. <laughs> welcome yeah. to the podcast. Hello and well met. Uh, people are the dice. I am Uruk, and you're listening to Probability of Demise. <laughs> We're a group of German edition or something. <laughs> I come off the north, yeah. We're a group of storytellers playing a nerdy game using chance and our imaginations to provide rules and structure to Atlan, a world of our own maker. 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 Atlan exists <laughs> on a version it of Earth thousands of years into the future. A planet left vulnerable by science and infected with magic. This is a world far different from the one you know today. Continents have shifted, cities have arisen, and new creatures and peoples of varied origin dot the wondrous landscapes. Thank you for coming with us as we explore it together. And today is a very special, odd session where we have a guest, and it's all like by surprise. You know, no oh. planning. We don't do that planning. But our our surprise guest is Andy. Andy! Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy so, Andy, what's been going on since last time we talked to you in person? Well, as you know, I've just been keeping up with the wonderful probability of demise. It's been blast watching you all, and uh, otherwise it's the usual work. Try and have some fun. Keep up with you guys. Every day, every day. And um, Larissa and Jason, you came here so swiftly with food in mouth and <laughs> things flying in all directions, internet crashing. What could you possibly have been up to just before our show began? We were at a rehearsal for the Stonewall Corral. Dot Dot org. So that is still coming. We'll get a chance to do, do announcements of that nature and everything in a moment. If we want to get into more detail, I think Larissa generally has like everything in her head. Also, there's sad news that Jessica has died. Uh-oh. In her heart. Hang on. But that, she's fine. She's, just, that, uh, that is, she's very sick and not here. Yeah, she's she's not here. She's not dead. Do not start rumors on the internet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to hear anything about starting rumors. I don't want to hear anything, any of it. No, nope. I start imaginary rumors in imaginary spaces. <laughs> Actually, I don't even start them. I just facilitate them successfully. <laughs> Since all of my dice betrayed dice. me what last week, I'm trying. I'm trying to find. Actually, I haven't used before. Thank you for the verbal reminder. <laughs> okay. so I have tonight, them. I have them. Just tonight we're going to take a very special outtake from events that have already occurred. Uh, Asher, Trixie, Tanzanite took a portal back to Overton in order to deal with some rumors that they were following up on. But what may have slipped their minds is they left behind the crew of the airship, some healers, and some members of Asher's growing guild, Lutes and Liars. In our defense, it's been like a day and a half. They're going to be fine. Uh, no, it's been a week no, and a half by now. Been... <laughs> You've been sailing. Oh, yeah. You've been yeah. hiking through the swamp back and forth. Actually, I think it's close to three weeks at this point. Listen, yeah. they're on paid time off. They'll be all right. <laughs> We're actually going to castle. Probably so not getting any dragons. <laughs> Taking advantage of this moment to go to the space that those individuals are in, these, these, it's time to go and visit the, not the main character folk, the support team. 
and see what's going on in their lives. So today, uh, actually, I think it was legitimately just today, maybe a little bit yesterday, the three folks with you uh, rolled up some characters. Um, as soon as I got that character information, I started writing frantically, creating some scenarios based on the previous scenarios that we already had that would work with the characters that they wrote. So we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a little off the cuff in some instances. And in other instances, not at all. Um, but yay. What's that? Or a lot off the cuff. Or a lot <laughs> off the cuff. I don't know what's going on, but Larissa and Jason are both a little bit quiet. I'm not sure what's going on with that. What? <coughs> Hang on. My mic seems to be well, not disconnected, but... I've got all yellow, so hang on. Okay. That's a lot of dice. I might just not be close enough. Hello. Hello. So we are going to skip the character um, description because we'll have that as part of our storytelling today. But I wanted to go ahead and jump into some announcements. And I don't know if it's going to be Andy or Jason, but who wants to take on the first announcement? Well, hey, if you have not listen to the last few episodes we have merch now Rick, andy please back up here check out this awesome t-shirt we have t-shirts and this logo on stickers and cups and coffee cups and mugs and uh many other choices so um you can find them here at this link i'm dropping in the comments or find it in the show notes so if you would like to rep our podcast by all means they're comfortable. I would highly recommend getting Actually, one. not bad fabric. That was yeah. actually pretty impressive. If you see a fairly tall, awkward-looking person at Portland FanCon in the in February, I think it is, um, that's probably me because I'm the only one who's going to be wearing that particular tombstone with the tongue sticking out of it. So uh, feel free to say hi. <laughs> um, in my dreamlands, that actually happens. <laughs> Someday. Larissa, are you in a good spot ready to... Can you hear me better? Yes. So much okay. Better. Okay. Okay. Um, I, oh, uh, yeah. Like... We're back, to, we're back to that accent now, are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, just, I just spent a week with my parents, let me tell you. Oh. What is the, the Midwestern phrase that means, okay, we're done here, go home? <laughs> uh, Yelp or... Like you slap your thighs and you stand up and there's this whole thing, but there's those words that go with that that are just. Like, well, I suppose, maybe. Well, I suppose. Maybe. Yep. Well, I suppose. Yep. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anywho. Um, so as uh, Rurik mentioned, Jason and I were just at a rehearsal. Uh, we had an intensive this uh, weekend for our upcoming concert on March 25th. Saturday, 7.30 p.m. in New York City at Church of the Holy Apostles, which is on 9th Avenue and 28th Street, West Side, obviously. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the piece we are performing is a passion. It's a 33-movement passion. Do you mind? No one can hear her now. You have to explain why <sighs> no, you they're just like, <clears throat> they're just They're just wrestling they now. Move. So... The, 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 the unseen the, people want to know. <laughs> I mean, they can't see. They're still on a podcast. <laughs> um, those of you who are listening to the podcast, Larissa legitimately just showed everybody via video the dogs behaving like little punkadoodles. Yeah. But I was being the punkadoodle messing with her. 
but anyways um <clears throat> yes uh the Should piece we're doing is a 33 movement piece called uh considering matthew shepherd it uh, is uh, the composer is craig hella johnson and there's a bunch of different styles in it um it's a very rich um multi-voice like it's not just one soprano line, one alto line, one tenor line, one bass line for the majority of it. There's a lot of divisi and a very, very rich, um, full sound. Um, there's some really intense movements and, uh, basically it walks through the events leading up to, uh, during and after, uh, Matthew Wayne Shepard's murder in crap. When was it? 96? I think it was 96. Around then, yeah. <clears throat> I was about to try. 98. 98. Yes, I remember it was um, first year of college. I had graduated high school that same year and I was going into college. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember it really messed up all my thinking about going into university. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, yeah. So if you are in the area and you want to come see us, uh, you can buy tickets at Stonewall Corral dot org forward slash buy dash tickets um and if you aren't able to attend um but you would like to support the performance you know paying our our uh accompanists uh our the the um <clears throat> instrumentalists sorry words helping us pay for rehearsal space and renting the uh, performance hall um you can also donate uh on that same website and also I believe we are going to be recording this concert so that later on, a few weeks after the performance, we will be uh, premiering it on our YouTube channel, which will likely be for free. As uh, I, From my understanding as of right now, I think we'll plan for it to be free. So, but yeah. All right. And with that, we are at what would normally be word of the day, but our word of the day maestro is currently ill. Um, she will be back. Just illness. She's not dead. Andy, it's starter. It's a word of the day. What is it? Andy's our alternate word of the day guy. He picked absent a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, so it's absent again? Or are we doing something <laughs> else? <laughs> Unexpected. Unexpected. Unexpected one shot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, we're going to make the most of it. And then we also have the role for commercial usually. I'm not sure. Do we need this today? I feel like we're oh. going to have a very intense, quick one shot, and maybe the commercial yeah. could go. Yeah, I, I, I don't care. I'll do it if you want me to do it. I, I don't know if we're, we're doing a break or anything, so I think we should be okay. I think we'll be okay. all right. And then the last option on our normal agenda would be to roll for the recap. But guess what? We don't gotta <laughs> <laughs> saved, Jason. So just for fun, Jason, would you just roll this out? See what's going to go on for us for the day. I just I'll roll against you just to get rid of my nap twenties. I'm rolling all day. I rolled a ten for recap, fake recap. Oh, see, fake recap doesn't matter. I rolled a thirteen. I rolled a net one. The <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Larissa, you rolled a net one. I feel like that's even like triple horrible. You have to go remind us what happened when. The team left way back when from Mary's beard still. Yeah, what's everybody been up? What's been up? What are the words? Wow. What's everybody been up to back at the, the We are off to races. We have only been doing this for what? A year and a half? <laughs> I do words. See, my words usually stop working at 6.30 and now it's late. So I'm sorry, everyone. 
They're not playing ass. He's fine. Don't, don't let don't let him fool you. That's right. All right. So here with a little bit of a switchover for music, we will get right into it after these messages from our imaginary sponsors. Well, oh dear. Oh dear. He's catching the up. Abandoned diplomats and lies. <laughs> it's been a couple of days since three now timeless members of a trio abandoned their cohort of friends and compatriots and left them in Merbeard's Delve without an airship and without a method of travel back to Overton. Bon, frustrated, angry, and perhaps a little vengeful, took advantage of the first day or so to just get affairs in order here, Murray Birdstell, working with her friend Xavier and uh, another couple of individuals, Vix and uh Darthos to set the situation up for success in the future. But it only took a little while to really pave the way forward. And now the four have been stuck in somebody else's lodgings on somebody else's dime with mounting pressure as new rumors circulate and begin to bring frustration to bear. Darthos, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, would you care to describe yourself so everybody gets a sense of who you are and where you're at at the moment? Um, <clears throat> so uh, my character is Darthos. Um, he has a separate voice, which I'm not going to do right now because <laughs> he will. He does already talk to himself in the third per or talk about himself in the third person. So oh, we no. just it would be like unable to be separated. So um, he is about two and a half feet tall. He's a kobold from Underton, um, under Underton, kind of. Um, he's part of the uh, Cartbold pla uh, clan. Um, and essentially, uh, he's, he's a tinkerer. He, um, likes to work with his hands, basically kind of being around the, uh, the pure water as it was, uh, developed some magical abilities and started being able to infuse those into his tinkerings. And then when the Carpolds found out about it, they, uh, uh, tried to, you know, force him to, uh, rig, uh, you know, races and, and rip people off. And that wasn't really what he was about. So he decided to leave under the cover of night and a grand's brands, uh, uh, ship. That's it. 
and go to uh, Fisherton, where uh, Fawn found him selling his little bits and bobs. So. So, Darthos is a kobold individual. Um, so, you definitely are seeing some of the um, aspects of that heritage in terms of their look and, and feel. And yes. I'm just curious, does Darthos have a tail? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. <clears throat> it's, and that's because uh, he uses it for balance. If he needs to, like, grab another thing, he'll use his, like, toes on his on his feet, his little claws, to, like, grab something far away, like, if his hands are busy. So it's like I, his, he uses it to stabilize himself. He's able to see this little tinkerer. Hands in all directions, definitely. If I boop his ear, will he get mad at me? Yes, and he has very sharp teeth, and I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Xavier, can you go ahead and describe yourself? Uh, Xavier is a 27-year-old uh, male human, a roguish type, as it were, um, but likes to stay within the law, considers the law bendable, but not necessarily breakable. Um, however, the law also can be what, you know, what he interprets it to be, so to speak. Um, yeah, very much so likes to have insight into what's happening in the world. Very, very uh, good at both persuading people to do things and uh, using deception if it's necessary to do things. Uh, out on the streets for quite a while, ended up uh, with a few people from Grand's Brands, and they noticed uh, the talents and been working for them ever since. And that takes us to Bix. Hello. I'm Jason, and I play Bix. Um, Bix is a barbarian who uh, grew up in the region of Canyonville. Um, and he wanted to get out of, like, the barbarian, like, roaming the fields, conquering neighbors, whatever, lifestyle. And so he, like, went to Canyonville where he, at one point, met Fawn and then decided he maybe wanted to try um, being try the life of a bard. You know, he still gets to travel but doesn't have to necessarily, like, be violent all the time and, you know, do things that barbarians do barbarian clans do so he's like yeah he doesn't want to like war and stuff all the time he just wants to now he's really he's really into his singing and uh he's, he's got one whole level in it and you know that's the level of skill he's bringing to the table for that and uh yeah but he works with in loops and liars with for fun as a like a message sender receiver so he's a messenger like, yes so he's like he's like traveling with them for that reason like he just came with fun to like support crew I, do yeah, and, uh, I think all of you have over the course of time and i'll just have you this will be the first rolls everybody's going to roll this i would like you to roll insight it's a group insight check in a way but it's also going to determine the order in which you started to figure things out Twenty-seven. Insight, right? Yep. Ah! Ah! 
Oh, oh, oh. Is it a nat 20? Oh, one? Okay. And she started laughing. I knew it was one or the other. Uh, 16. I mean, it really didn't matter. Okay. Um, Xavier, you were the, the first to pick this up. And you and your relationship with Fawn might have a little bit deeper history than uh, than the others, uh, which is probably what led you to this. She 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 kind of referred to you before Lutz and Liars was even a thing. Um, and you remember her foster mother was honestly the one who recruited you. Oh, Miss M. Um, and then after the dragon a- attacks in, in their hometown of Fisherton, uh, Fawn took over the organization. And then when the return of the Timeless Trio occurred, uh, you were part of that transition of taking those folks who had been recruited to kind of keep ears and eyes out on the world and try to make sure that the world was a safe place through whatever means necessary. You were part of the transition that helped turn it from being a ramshackle spiderweb of folk into the Lutes and Liars Guild. And so it was fairly easy for you to spot Fawn's recruitment of Bix. Mostly because Bix had a natural talent that Fawn seems fond of utilizing with regard to interactions with small creatures. Um, you have often witnessed Fawn using small creatures to pass messages back and forth and have occasionally been the recipient of strange messages that shouldn't have been able to land with you the way they did. But sometimes butterflies, hummingbirds, and bats give you a little extra moment of consideration in your day-to-day life now. Vix, you picked up on things fairly quickly as well that you weren't the only person in support. You're just not sure who else these other people are. And based on a role earlier today that happened <laughs> pre-show, you still don't get why you're relaying all these messages from these animals that make no sense whatsoever to you. I have a very low security clearance. <laughs> High security clearance, low ability to interpret, same thing. <laughs> Darthos, you know Fawn is fond of you and has been leveraging your talents. To your mind, you're the only one here in support of Fawn, and so you've been going the extra mile to make sure that Fawn is successful. Nobody else seems to be helping Fawn. There's that one individual bumbling about talking to the animals all the time, and then there's that slippery fellow that you think is here, but you're honestly not that certain is here. Except that every once in a while, there is a conversation where there's somebody else there in the shadow. The three of you are gathered together with Vaughn in the Timeless Trio's fortress. And you three are witnessing Vaughn stomping back and forth, wearing a hole in in the pavers of this space that you're within. She's already worn through the carpet, you're fairly certain, as she continues to have a tirade about forgetful young fools. 
it's interesting seeing that in normal timelines, she's younger than the people she's speaking of, but she does have eight years on them at this point. She's no longer a young teen and is, in fact, a full adult with more years of experience than any other time was true. Isn't she like two or three years older than Azure now? Isn't that how that yeah. ended up evening out? Yeah. And you three are sitting there listening <clears throat> to her grumble when a loud cracking of glass occurs. I would like everybody to roll a perception check. (laughs) (laughs) If you have advantage on that, or if you have anything that gives you bonuses to being caught unawares, go ahead and make sure you roll with advantage. 16. Uh, 26. 10. Okay. Xavier. I have disadvantage on perception checks. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it kind of makes sense based on your character, but I know. <laughs> How things are going so far? Yep. This tracks. <laughs> uh, Bix, you see outside of the kind of um, frosted, multicolor paned window a shape that makes you very uncomfortable pressing up on the glass and you have moments to decide what to do. This shape is not humanoid and it's already you can see one talon has pierced through that cracked glass. What do you say or do in this moment? I'm going to like back away as I'm like taking my axe off and be like, ah, boss, we got a problem. Savior, you've had enough time to spot that not only is there this creature outside, but there's two figures behind your boss and the small kobold creature. What do you do in this last minute moment as you notice them? I take out two daggers, one in each hand, and say, Fawn, little thing, get down. In this moment where the two of you are going to fix and Xavier based on your role, you're going to Fawn rolled terribly, so she's going to roll with disadvantage. But the two of you get to roll with advantage on this lovely moment of combat. Darthos, you get to roll straight up. Regular ah, roll. Just a regular? Okay. Tell me, for initiative? For initiative, yes. I, what are. if I already have advantage on initiative? <laughs> Then uh, you just got to keep advantage on the initiative. Sorry. 15? Oh, wait, with advantage, right? Yes. Yes. Oh. Sorry, there's no such thing as double initiative, even though that would be really cool. 21. And then. Okay, so Bix got 21. Garthos got what? 22. Wow. And Xavier, you got what? 16. Really well. Well, all of you rolled better than the the folks that you're up against. So you you have that moment of 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 knowledge. And Darthos, for some reason, the warning from Xavier is enough for you to 
hop up and swivel around and be the first one to react to this threat. As you see just behind you, a being who uh, just normally you'd say that they look like an everyday humanoid creature of the tall sort, being as you're not necessarily of the tall sort. Uh, But you can see this one's dressed in robes and has a strange mask that looks like a um, artistic rendition in small scale of a dragon. and you can hear that piercing of glass still behind you. But that's really all you're able to make out in this moment. Uh, what do you do with that <laughs> highest initiative role? I mean, I, I, will, I will do as I was advised. And I'm going to, to duck down. And I am going to touch the spot in... Uh, where where Fawn has been treading, and I'm going to say, "Please fix this," and I'm going to cast mending on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so you see threads come together on the ground, <laughs> and where before each little component of the carpet had been kind of getting worn and torn apart and they just start to weave together in this moment as Darthos fixes the carpet. Hold on. Um, Just because I'm not exactly quite sure (laughs) how to do this. Um, uh, How do I set up my cannon? My Eldritch oh. Cannon. <laughs> yeah, that that is in your uh uh so you 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 can oops Oh create. I see. Wait, yeah. no, once per long rest. Okay. I can take an action. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So I have to take an action and then I can use a bonus action to, to fire it. Got it, got yes. it, got it. Okay. Um so I'm going to uh at that point I am going to move uh, I'm going to like scurry since I'm close to the ground already. Yeah. Once I see that the carpet is is fixed, uh, and I'm going to like try to find a corner so that uh, I can like situate my cannon uh, that it is sm- best strategically sh- shooting at the invaders and and not anybody else in the room. So you've only made out one invader so far. Can you go ahead and roll a perception check for reconnoitering? And since we know you have disadvantage on this, six. Well, six. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you roll into a position where you have this great view of the one person you've found. And you're kind of blocked from the hall and the window. But you, you, you can see that one individual and you can see Fawn just to the side. Uh, so that, so your action movement, anything else you're going to do for us? Or carpet? I don't think I have anything else in my bonus action, no. Uh, and then I okay. just get right here. <laughs> all right so that's darthus turn uh bix you're up next based on initiative order so there is like uh something hanging onto the outside of the window is that what we're seeing uh you've just gotten this warning from xavier uh and because darthus had ro- rolled so high was giving them a little bit of information about what they might be seeing uh i think that Darthos movement would cue you in easily to uh, the being that showed up behind it. 
and you saw the window. You knew what's going oh, on in the window. Okay. So oh, there's something inside. Sorry, are there something inside as well? The two figures inside you are unaware of, except now that Darthos has moved, you are aware of one of them. Okay, I will pull out my great axe and give it a chop. The and thing in the window? No, the one that is in the room. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack. Natural 20! Nice! My dice love me again. Well, <laughs> all new dice, but... <laughs> uh, well, See, everybody has an off week. Natural 20 will hit. Twenty-four points of damage. Awesome. So this this being when you hit them, it it looks like it really is hurting. They're not in dire straits, but you definitely took a chunk off as your axe kind of carves through some of their less than solid armor, nicking at the mask, which appears undamaged as that as that carve goes through. Uh, but definitely taking a chunk of their um, flesh and armor off of their chests. Uh, and that was an action. I don't know what else you have going on. Um, I will look at Xavier and I will say, uh, Do you feel inspired? And I will give him Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So you have Bark Inspiration. What is your uh D Well it's it's level one. What is it like a four or a D four? D six, I think. Uh D six, yeah. Ah. Alright, so Xavier, you currently have a D six of, of Bark Inspiration. And it is your turn. Okay. Are are these things inside wearing masks at all? The one that I have described that Darthos was in front of and now uh, Bix has smashed with an axe is wearing a mask. It is draconic in look. What about the other one? The other one is not wearing a mask. They uh, they have a bit of a cowl, but it's been pulled back. Um, I am going to take my dagger and throw it aiming for their eye. Okay, so you're throwing it at the one without the mask. The one without the mask, aiming for the eye. Awesome. Pew, pew. Roll the attack. Alright. And I'm going to use that bardic inspiration. It's 12 plus 9 is 21. That hits. Okay. That is 1d4 plus 5. Wait, what did you say? Total you of 9. 9. What did you say the attack was? Sorry. 21. 21. 21. Yeah, that hits. Okay. Uh, and what was the damage again? Uh, that it would be a nine. Okay. Anything and else? Then I'm going to use uh, cunning action as a bonus action and hide. Like find a shadow or something. Right. That, so. um, keeping in mind that the, the three figures that you've figured out are here, you're able to quickly find a, a space. And, and with your remaining movement, I want you to go ahead and roll a stealth check. Okay. So try to slip into... There, there are tapestries and such... And furniture, and it's that is an eighteen. Great, yeah. You feel confident that you've slipped away into the shadows, and none of the beings caught sight of you. Even the one that you flicked the dagger into the into a a, a, a hit 
that did definitely plunge in. I'm not sure if you actually got the eye or just nicked around it, but you, you can tell that no one was able to track you after that flick of the knife. Um, with that, the individual with the gaping wound from the axe marking looks down at themselves and screams and you can hear there's a, a feminine tinge to her voice and as she screams you see a glow at her hands as she throws a spell at Darthos. Um, Darthos does a 15 hit? No. Uh, yes, just. Just? Uh, so you are hit for 22 points of radiant damage. <laughs> and you all see as she does that, that the axe wound starts to knit together a little bit. The casting of the spell brought something back to her. And you can see that she is recovering in the same moment in which she is inflicting damage. Okay. Uh, just after she's done, the, the individual you flick the knife up pulls the knife away. And you can see that it just hit right underneath the eye, causing pain and blood and, and temporarily blinding them for a moment. But their eye is still whole. And they flick the knife down before approaching um, Fawn, who was their original target. And you see that they have they have a kind of a modified looking lance like structure that they pull forward and they try to stab at Fawn and Fawn dodges the first one and dodges the second one and, and nimbly skates past both hits as this individual tries to to hit um and then they shout you you hear this individual shout out uh Take them all. And as they say, take them all, you can see the first individual immediately does a regular attack to Bix. So Bix does a... I think this hits 22 hit. Yeah, so with a 22, you take four points of damage from their mace as they kind of swing it around, prompted by this other creature. Um, And as they do that, you also all witness the creature that was in the window break through as it reaches through with its two claws and pulls itself in, and it immediately bites at Fawn. And there's a moment of confusion as Fawn is, uh, her shoulder is bit into for a moment before she's able to wrangle herself free and using her um, nimbleness to kind of avoid the greatest extent of the damage she had it. Uh, she's able to escape this spot in this moment where you witness a nightmarish looking dragon. It is young, nowhere near the size of the one that you witnessed up on the surface, destroying much of the, the Mary Be- Delve Beard, Mary Beard Delves. Uh, farmlands and such and also destroying the airship that you had arrived here on uh but you do see that it is um kind of 
in that same vein. Its skin is black but gray as well, which isn't what the black dragon was. Um, because where the black dragon had rough scales, this has a smooth, more salamander-esque uh, hide, and its eyes are pale, uh, grossly pale. And you can see that there are spores that have that are kind of growing in different parts of its anatomy. Um, fungi. Uh, and its wings are not attached as the black dragons were to its back, but attached at the front legs a bit. And it's clear that these wings may not be as useful in flight, but definitely useful in being in an enclosed space such as this hall. And now it's going to take its turn and it is going to take a deep breath and blow a cloud of spores. Yes, Bix. What was the damage that it did to me again? The Four. Four. Okay. And that was the um, other yeah. being in the room. The yeah. humanoid. Uh, so this cloud of spores catches all of you in it. I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw. Can I do uncanny dodge? Uh... You can do uncanny dodge for the damage, but that's not for whether or not this, this is a wisdom saving throw. This isn't gotcha. a. Well, I'll 16. let you use it for the having the damage section, but let's first get through the wisdom saving throw part. Sixteen. Seriously, it's all the natural twenties today. Nice. I've never used this dice before. <laughs> okay, so uh, Darthos, what did you get? Seventeen. I couldn't okay. I had to remember which dice. Twenty-one. <laughs> All three of you feel this this wave of, um, of just mental gibbering come through your minds, and you're only going to take half the damage. So you're only going to take eleven damage because you all made the saving throw, um, and you can feel that if you had been any less stalwart in yourself and knowing who you were and who you are in this moment, you would have been frightened and had to run from this creature. Well, um, Asher's crew doesn't get dragon feared. So Xavier, if you're going to take uncanny dodge in addition, that means you'll take half as half the 11. So you'll take six damage. It's up to you. Um, yeah, I'm going to do that. Does a natural 20 get me anything? Uh, no. Just, it's, I mean, you, you saved. You're awesome. You're amazing. People wonder why Bix was even in the cloud of spores in the first place. Sometimes, um, you see one of the mushrooms on its back just burst into spores as it breathes on you all. I guess I don't know. Um, but yeah, and with that, we're back up at the top of the order. And having regained her thing, uh, you see Fawn quickly close with the cowled being and go into heavy combat with them back and forth. So you can see that she's uh, engaged with the cowled but not masked being. Um, that takes us to Darthos. Darthos. Hey, just a clarifying question in terms of layout. The dragon is still in the window frame? It's pushed through from the window frame closer. It's now in your view. Okay. Um, the The dragon and the individual with the pulled back cow that Xavier had gotten with a dagger 
is also close to that being, whereas the other um, individual is a little bit further away, the one that you initially rolled away from. Um, you can easily adjust yourself to catch sight of any of them. Okay. There's um, some distance between those two cohorts. Okay. I am... Okay, I think... Okay. Um, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to scooch, just like, scooch my little feetsies over and uh, get it so that I can see essentially what would make like a, a horseshoe around the dragon, like from like a wall area to a wall area. Yeah. And easily done. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take out just a teeny, teeny little, little fan and a feather. And I, and I, and I'm just going to say, whoosh, and I'm going to cast wind wall in a, a horseshoe essentially blocking the dragon in <laughs> but like separated from the rest of us all right can you describe what your wind wall looks like as you do this with the little feather in the um i'm trying to remember what is the room that we are in is it like a library or like just like a room it's just one of the rooms i, I you, you can decide what room it is okay. what, what room do you want um, it to be i i i'm just trying to imagine whatever was on the walls is now getting swept up into like Almost, almost like a uh, like a tornado, like barricade, but it's not like that's not what's actually causing damage or anything. It's the wind, like it filters in from the window and just kind of whooshes up, and all of a sudden, there's just this wall of debris blocking this dragon in, uh, and the dragon needs to make strength saving throw. Yeah. Um. um. I get everybody does. <laughs> I think. Um, not Bix. Bix is too far away for this to okay. affect him. Okay. Um, but it will affect Fong. So everybody do a strength saving throw. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Fong's see. also doing one. Um, the dragon got a 18. I don't even know what it is. 15, I think, is your Oh, yeah. 16. So is it... So so it only takes half. Okay. But still. um, Xander, Zarathos, you both saved. Vaughn also saves. Oh, come on. It takes... Do you round up or round down? I can't remember. Round Round up. (laughs) So it would take... Five damage. So the dragon takes five damage. Young. Oh, no, six. Six. Yeah, yeah, five. Five. Six. Sorry. Five. Five's right. Five. Sorry. Uh, the officer is also going to take that damage. And Juan is taking that damage. And Xavier, I think he just took five damage. All right. Um, great. So that takes us to Bix. You've just seen, unless Darthos, you had anything else you're planning on doing? Um, nope, that's it. That's all I can do. Uh, <laughs> you seem afraid to ask. <laughs> you, you see this wind wall kind of like in case where the dragon is. And, and while other individuals near that get kind of hit and buffeted by it and apparently take some amount of damage, you can see that the dragon, the young dragon is now kind of sealed off behind wind. Um, 
you still have this individual right in front of you who seems to have recovered a little bit. Their, their skin kind of almost knitting together a bit as they shot a radiant bolt at Darthos before. Uh, and you can also see this other individual that has engaged with uh, Vaughn at this point. Uh, Xavier is nowhere in sight, really. Um, um, well, I see the axe wound start to heal. I'm going to tell you, that makes me really angry. One might say, it even sends me into a rage. <laughs> would you like to rage? I would like to mean? rage. <laughs> okay, um, you you might you might rage then. All right, so I will um, use my bonus action to rage. Um, the wind wall is it stuck behind the wind wall? You cannot walk through that. Uh, you can see that the dragon appears to be stuck behind it. Uh, I don't know that in your association with Darthos you would have seen them do this before. Uh, so the dragon appears to be stuck behind it. The individual you are facing up against is not. Right. They're right there. Yeah. Okay. I will give them another whack with my great axe. Uh, okay. So you have plus three melee damage with strength weapons. You does a nineteen hit? Yes, definitely. Yes. Um seven, eight, nine, ten with the rage damage. I rolled a one for damage. Okay, so along with that, I need you to um <coughs> roll a to roll a D20. I think it's a D20 or is it a D100? I need you to roll a D100 because you went into a rage. Can't hear you. Sorry, Goblin lost that barking. Uh, Wild Magic Table, right? Yeah. That is a four? I feel like I have that table somewhere. What is that? I have I have a version of it that I'm using. Um, so as you do that, your eyesight changes as you go into your rage, and you're suddenly able to make out little small birds around fawn. The same types of birds that you've talked to in the past. And you realize as you see those small birds around fawn that you're you're now able to see any invisible creature if you have line of sight on it. Okay. Uh, so that anything else you're gonna do? You raged. You attacked. I think I'm out. So good. Um, do you have? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Oh, there's a. Checking, see if there's I just found the. I do have a a D8 wild magic table that's tied to that spell. I don't know if you want me to use that or yours. I just found it. Uh, go ahead and use that one then. We'll use that one in the future. Okay. It's, um, do you want me to keep your thing or just use this? Just to keep this time unless you want to re-roll no, a D8 for this. Okay. Okay. Um, so for, for the next minute, you have invisibility as a, okay. see invisibility. Uh, that takes us to Xavier. Oh, how much damage did you do again on that creature? Sorry. 10. 
for whittling them down. Uh, Xavier, what are you up to? You have a dragon behind a wind wall to one side. You've slipped behind things, but you kind of got buffeted by the wind as that was going on and took a little bit of a hit from it, but you are concealed. No one can see you. You can see that both Fawn and uh, Bix are engaged with the other two foes that are more easily accessible. What are you up, what are you up to? Is the enemy Fawn is engaging within five feet of the other person? The other enemy? Yes. At this point, I would say yes. Okay. The wind buffeted them that way. All right. Then That's I good. want to do a sneak attack, which is once per turn, I can do an extra 5d6. Well, sure they I don't can... have to be in five feet of each other. One of your companions has to be within five feet of them, but you're also hidden. You have uh, this says you don't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target is within five feet of it. Because you're hidden, you already have advantage. Okay. I'm going to do that sneak attack, so I'm going to take that other dagger I have. Okay, remember, roll with advantage because you are going from hiding to to do the attack, so you do have advantage on the attack when you're in hiding. Twenty-five hit? Yes, most definitely. And now you get to roll your attack and sneak attack and all the other junk that rogues roll in this ridiculousness. So uh, the first one is just from the dagger smack, and that's the 1d4 plus 5, so that's 6 damage there. And then it's, uh, let me find my d6s here. And then it's like 5 of those or something? 5d6 worth of damage. 16 more. Um, between your hits and Fawn's hits, this person is going down. How do you want this to look as it's going down? So I slip out, throw the dagger, hoping that I can snidge it past Fawn. And you see it just comes sliding in and all of a sudden, <laughs> just right in the neck. Hits the carotid artery and you can just see it kind of go. And just start going down. And then I use a bonus action to slip back into some shadows. As you slip back into some shadows, you can see that the individual who you've hit, their eyes glaze over and become draconic for a moment before fading back to the humanoid look that they had before. That takes us to the... Uh, roll a stealth check really quick. Seventeen. Awesome. You feel, again, like you've slipped away into shadow and nobody's aware of where you're at. Uh, the seeing her compatriot go down, the individual with the mask streams in rage at Ubix, and they begin to move their arms in different directions. And as they pull them apart, you see flames coming straight at you at point-blank range. Um, I need you to roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh, sorry. I was looking at a... Uh, sorry, I have an uh, ability that uses a D3. I do not own a D3. I don't even know... Didn't know that was a thing. What ability is that? That's cool. Uh, bolstering magic. Huh. 
I'll roll a d6 and just use the one, two, three, and the one is a four, and the two is. Uh, what, what am I rolling saving throw? Uh, you're rolling a dexterity saving throw. I have advantage. That's good because my roll was shit. Wait, this roll's also shit, so never mind. Uh, that's a six. Yeah, you, you try to, I mean, it's point blank range of depth. You definitely try to like dodge to the side. And as you do, you just roll into more of it as you, as you didn't quite realize that this now cylinder of flame reaches up all around, uh, floor to ceiling. You have no high, it could go, how, no idea how high it could go in another location. Um, but it covers up most of the area that you would all previously just been sitting in. And if anybody else had been closer at that point, uh, they would have been caught within this blaze. And you take um, fire damage and you're going to take six fire damage and six radiant damage. Wait, wait. Uh, What's up? What's up? I was trying to use Flash of Genius, but I was muted. Okay. Uh, you got to describe for us because not everybody's played this before. What Flash yeah, of yeah, Genius yeah, is yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm assuming I can at least see him, right? Yes, definitely. Um. It, I mean, I'm not. I, get, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I see it and try to give him like a, a like a little bit of a. I just yell fire, <laughs> and um, it gives. I I don't know if it'll help or not, but it gives you a plus three to your roll to your saving roll, saving throw roll. My roll was literally a six, so it doesn't matter. I'm sure I missed it anyway. Okay. Unfortunately, you did. You still missed it, but yeah, you do feel this moment of just this confusion coming through, like oh. <laughs> Yeah, that one could have kicked me over the edge on that one. I guess not. Well, and as you uh, um, experience those flames, uh, the clearly at this point now, woman in front of you just cackles. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, Darthos, what was your DC on the wind ball? I need to know which. 15. Okay, so this... I mean, they've, they've got to try, right? They're a dragon. They're not even that smart of a dragon. They're smart, but they're not smart. Um, so it's fully covering for the ceiling. Is, so, but it's going to try to get through. Um, yeah, it's going to try to get through. So it's going to try to get against this. Uh, uh, oh, that was a terrible roll. Does a th- thirteen is still low, right? Yeah, you you see as uh the the wind wall, you can see like the shape of the snout and and parts of the body and the tail all in like shadow form as it's like throwing itself up against the wind wall and then knocking back as it takes damage from that. Can you go ahead and roll three d eight? The rest of your meeting, by the way. Nine again. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> yeah, you can you can hear the, the the kind of like the roars of this creature as it bashes itself up against the wind wall, and that just imagine a random book like right under the chin. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You just you just, you just hear Darth Maul over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, seeing that the the draconic creature is held up um, by that wind wall, Fawn immediately moves to the other side of the being the Europe against Vix, and uh, she takes a couple of slashes at it, and that hits, and she's going to town on it, you can see that she's kind of like it's she's getting the same effect that Xavier just got as she comes up and she just stabs in and 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 the shock on this creature's on this well you don't see their face but you you can see a bit of shock through the eye holes of the mask I suppose as that just digs in and they have this moment of grimacing you can see that they're pretty poorly at this point um that takes us up to Darthos um, I am going to aim for the uh, closest of it, of the two that are left, right? There's only one. There's the dragon hidden behind your wind wall. Oh, okay. And then there's the um, individual with the dragon mask on. And I can I can see them, right? Yeah, you can okay. see both. Well, you can um, see through the wind, you can see. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, let's see. Um, crap! I have to think of things for spells. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look at it, and I'm and make up a haiku. Um, huh? <laughs> yeah, make up a haiku. <laughs> no, every no, single time. No, no, no. You're so I, I I don't hate myself that much. Um, <laughs> I am the going to to look know. at the 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 individual in the dragon mask. And um, I'm going to put my three middle fingers at it and, 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 um, and just say, you burns. And I'm going to use Scorching Ray. You're doing this on the Dragon Masked individual? Yes. So I'm going to aim all three rays at them. So I roll three times, yeah? Roll okay. three attacks, yep. You can roll those all once if you'd like to. 19? No, oh, 26. That is a 26. Hits. Sorry. Both of those hit. That is another twenty six. I'm yeah. rolling with the digital dice from now on. <laughs> that is not. That is a nine. <laughs> that is not it. Okay, so the first one, the damage is uh, eight fire damage, and the second one is six fire damage. Okay. So you see, um, again, just like that additional whitening of the eyes and they're they're looking really rough and ragged between the the wound carved through their chest the uh <laughs> fires the, the the stabs from fawn this person's not having a great day <laughs> it's just it's just rough and uh that takes us unless you have anything else you're doing darthos nope okay that takes us to Bix. Bix right in front of you do you see this this individual, you're in a rage. Um, what is that noise behind? Oh. I'm gonna mute myself for a second. Yeah. Oh, it might be Andy. Oh, Andy, Andy also right. muted. Might be. Yeah, I think it's Andy. <laughs> Andy's place. It's okay. This is weird. Just curious what it was. Uh, okay, so uh, 
maybe it'll stop soon. I don't know what it is. But uh Fix, what are you doing? Um, so that it's dead or it's almost dead? It's getting there. It's mostly dead. All right. Um I'm pop it again then, I guess. I'm like, yeah! I'm just gonna chop it again with my axe. Okay. Uh go ahead and roll the attack. Bag. Does a 26 hit? Yes, most definitely. Thank you. Sixteen damage. Awesome. Uh, how? What does this look like as you take this individual out? I'm just, just like oh, I see him like burning or whatever from whatever Darthos did. But it's just like fuel. Like my rage mixes with joy, and I'm just like, yeah! and I just chop his head off. So yeah, there's just this moment of this all, all this happening to them, their eyes big and 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 wide and then almost without being able to see it or being able to track it you just see a a, a slice in air and then suddenly there's a head lying several feet away with the dragon mask and the eyes blink for a moment and bix you see for a moment draconic eyes glowing through before they fade away into normal humanoid eyes once again Anything else you're doing on your turn? I spit on his stupid severed head. <laughs> okay. Use your... <laughs> uh, okay, that takes us to Xavier, I think. All right. Uh, seeing both of the humanoids go down, and not knowing if I can attack through that wind wall, I am going to dart out, grab Fawn, and use my uh, winged boots to get us high up in the like high up in this place to get her safer. You got about fifteen feet of height, which is the same as the wind wall is in height. So yeah, you could get up to the top of the ceiling if you wanted to carry Fawn. Yep. Um, what are we? And I'm just gonna say, what are we gonna do with that thing? Um, I think Fawn. To you in uh, a bit of an undertone, says nothing good can come of it. We've got to take care of it. No heroes for us. It's all on us. All right. Um, and uh, I, but I'll say this is that Fawn is going to on her turn which comes at the changeover of the turns uh, she's going to use her help action to assist you in what you do so i will give you in your next turn license to figure out what that looks like okay all right um yeah this this young deep dragon is going to try to burst through the wall again so let's see if this works um oh that's much better uh a 24, 23, sorry, 23. Got to learn how to do math. 23 breaks through, I believe. <laughs> when I see a breakthrough, is there, can I, as a reaction, drop the spell? Or does oh, you can drop the spell any, anytime. That's not even an action or anything. That's just you stopping okay. concentration. So that's okay. just. When I see it do that, I'm just like. Just 
that as well. Uh, yeah, so it, it breaks three, three, and that took its action, and it's going to... It's young. It doesn't do anything else because it's dumb. Just look <laughs> around. <laughs> and if anybody speaks Draconic, you hear, lunch meat, die. Um, but otherwise... I do. <laughs> you do. So you hear, Darthos hears, lunch meat, die. Uh, and uh, fun enough, because I, I uh, subjugated Vaughn's actions to uh, the help actions for Xavier. Darthos, you're up next. Um, I'm going to say, I, I mean, I, am I still kind of situated or I'm, I'm going to just kind of like scooch again and on the ground, um, so that I'm situated. And like, if I were to put my camera right in front of me, it would be only pointing at the dragon. Oh, easily enough done. Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, and, because where everybody else moved, you definitely have clear line of sight on this dragon. Okay. So then therefore I am going to use my action to create my Eldritch Cannon. I think I can just, it doesn't. Describe how that happens for you. It's a very personal flavor thing. So you need to describe what, what everybody else sees in this moment as you bring to bear your dark secret or bright, happy or whatever it is. But you decide what this Eldritch Cannon does for you. Do you I mean, and, it, and do you use like woodworkers tools and stuff or smith tools? Like what is it that, like how do you generate this thing? The whole description. So, okay. So I have like, basically it kind of looks like I walk around with a barrel on my back, but it's actually like the tube for this cannon. So, uh, I like off my back and then I pull out like a little tripod base and I stick that in front. I just kind of, and I use my alchemist tools, um, to, I, I have little powder and stuff that I keep on hand. Um, and I slide it in a little chute along the side. And then um, I like lock it up, and then I am going to use uh, where is it? Bonus my bonus action. Um, is it this one? Yes, um, I am going to use Force Ballista, Eldritch Cannon Force Ballista. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a three D eight. Uh. So first, the dragon has to make a save. Yeah, but it. I'm I'm not even sure where to, where is it. Just oh oh okay. Uh, here it is. It's a fifteen deck save. Yeah, the dragon did not make it. Okay, so now it is three d eight force damage, uh, and it's going to get pushed uh, five feet back. But as I well, like right off. before <laughs> it, right before it goes off. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna go. We agree. You die now. <laughs> and um, and that is probably not gonna be a lot. But oh, seventeen force damage. Yeah, you nice. just uh, and it gets pushed to, back five feet. I think to Bix uh, and Xavier and Fawn, um, what is a huge object to little Darthos is in fact a small cannon. <laughs> um, the, the fun thing about this, just for those of you who don't know about the Artificer and the Eldritch Cannon, is you can be tiny, like it can be handheld, but Arthas has chosen to make it like... It's a big boom! <laughs> like a Final Fantasy VII weapon. That's awesome. <laughs> so you, you just see this little cannon plop down, and then it blasts the dragon. 
and you just see it so and it's bashed up against the wall where it once burst through a window and is plastered there for a moment as it gets knocked back five feet as well so and you listen to the mad cackling of Garfos. uh fix you're up and xavier you're on deck all right i'm gonna run over how far away from the gap in the wind, like the pole in the window, is the dragon? Is it within ten feet? Oh, it's just got blasted back to that same window. Okay, so I'm gonna run up right in front of it. Uh, I guess like a few feet away, and then I'm gonna yell, "No, no, 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 thunder!" I'm gonna thunder wave it out <laughs> of the window. Uh, you're currently under rage, so you're dropping the rage to cast thunder wave. Uh, if I need to, yeah. So yeah, you you thunder <laughs> and cast thunder wave. It's a con saving throw for the dragon. The dragon. I freaking love one shots. <laughs> uh, so it did not make the the save. Uh, roll the damage for that. I believe it's two d eight unless you eight. Awesome. So it gets hit by that, and thunder wave does some other fun stuff, right? Uh, uh, throws it backwards ten feet. So technically, it should have thrown it out of the window. Yeah. So you watch this dragon, and there is a thunderous boom that's bringing attention to what's going on right now. You see this dragon get knocked out and back, and I'm going to have to have it do a dexterity saving throw to see if it can catch itself, and it's going to fail that. And so that's secured objects within the area of effect are automatically pushed 10 feet away. So if there's anything that around him, like maybe all the stuff that so fell from all the, the wall, all the that had already knocked over, all the glass that had already <laughs> broke, everything is just blasted in off in all the directions, clearing that area. It's actually the cleanest that section has been since <laughs> it because it has now been blasted clear. Unfortunately, structurally, it's not as integrated as it used to be. Um, but yeah, you you blast out and you see it caught out in the wind just as it unfurls its wings and goes into a glide. And oh, I was hoping it would fall. It almost fell. I had to roll the dexterity saves and then I had to use its other stuff to get away with that. But uh, that takes us to Xavier. You see, this dragon has gotten knocked out and, and it is in air. You don't know where it, if it's going to fly away or fly back at this point. It's a little bit indeterminate, but you are in flight with Fawn there to help you and support you. What are the two of you going to do? Is this thing within 30 feet? Um, at this point, I'll say yes. Why not? Okay. Let me know if this is possible. I want to take my rapier, look at Fawn, and say you only live once. Let's get it. Fly towards it with the rapier in front to just stab into its skull. Alright, so I would like you to roll a... I feel like this is a kind of like in-flight battle moment that's that's kind of new plus you're kind of holding a, fr- a friend in place and they're going to do something so I want you to roll an athletics check Athletics, okay. and that will determine what sort of that is a 17 awesome so yeah you, you fly in and go ahead and roll your attack without disadvantage which is what I was going to throw at you for the okay. flying carrying gotta... attacking thing all right, right here. Uh, that is a that's a nineteen. Awesome. 
Uh, and that that's okay. One d eight plus five. So that is ten. Ten damage. Great. So as you fly in and do this, you feel Fawn detach from you in that moment, and as part of her assist, that she is also going to be doing an attack, and she brings her blades down. But you you see that as her blades go down, she's caught by something. Something holds her aloft for a moment, separate from the dragon, and her blades travel without her for stabbing into the creature. And the dragon is definitely not interested in what's going on right now. So seeing as it's being mauled and it's two handler compatriots, whatever they were, are off in their own little thing, dead, um, it's going to try to escape. So it is going to use all of its action movement. And what else has it got going on for it? Um, yeah, it's going to use its action and movement, and it's going to dive directly at the ground. Full speed. Uh, it looks like it's like 80 or 90 feet below you all to get down there, and it's diving the full distance. You see it hit the ground, and as it hits the ground, it begins to burrow. And quickly, like frighteningly quickly, begins to create a tunnel. It goes down. It makes it what you can probably all see. Um, Go ahead and anybody who would like to say that they run up to the edge or whatnot, or Xavier staying right above, go ahead and roll perception checks if you would have gone to peak if you're lucky lose. Yeah, I guess after I shut it out the window, I assume I'm looking down. 17. 16. Thank mm-hmm. you. High bonus. Um, yeah, you see that it's made it maybe. 15 feet underground already. <laughs> I, I'm I'm below the windowsill. I'm like, somebody lifts me up! <laughs> Please <laughs> can't see! <laughs> What'd you roll, Larissa? A four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, like, reach reach down if I can have this reaction and just grab by, like, the scruff of her, her shirt or his shirt and just, like, lift him up. Awesome. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Um, I think as as like this is all playing out, and we're going to go back to combat order with Fawn starting off, us off, and then we'll go through the three of you, and then back to the dragon again. The dragon did use all of its stuff to run away. Uh, you see Fawn with a bloody dagger in hand salutes you with it before jumping and diving down to the tunnel below. Um, that takes us up to Darthos. Darthos, you've There's been no- kind of like... There's no to help us, Fawn says, as she dives 90 feet out of a window. <laughs> Wait, whose turn is it? Darthos. Okay. Um, God dang it, and I can't do two of them in, in combat. Two, um, two spells. No, but you can upcast spells, and they have different properties when they're upcast. I don't think that's what, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Um, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to look this at. This is like a total of like you got the 80 feet of fall distance and about 15 feet of digging itself underground. 
Yeah. Oh, wait, I can choose up to five. Okay, yes, yes. Um, never mind. Um, I'm going to say, uh, it's, uh, he's okay. We flies too. And, uh, I'm going to take out another feather and I'm just going to kind of crush it quick. And, uh, um, and I'm going to say, wings now. And I cast, uh, feather fall on all three of us. So now, uh, like if we fall, our falling creature's rate of descent slows to sixty feet per round until the spell ends. If the creature lands before the spell ends, it takes no falling damage and can land on its feet. And the spell ends for that creature. Yeah. So I can say that, and I'm going to say, uh, "Wings now, and jump." <laughs> <laughs> so you all watch as Darthos just jumps out. And, and Xavier, you've got these these shoes that are keeping you aloft, but you also feel a little bit of a lightness suddenly. This is like, oh. My shoes aren't having to work half as hard right now. And Bix, you also feel suddenly light. And it's not an emotional lightness. You just feel suddenly light. As oh, you no, watch this little kobold leap from the parapet that has been created by the destruction of the window and begin slow plummeting, slowly making its way down. Um, within a round, you can get down 60 feet. So are you doing anything when you get down to the, there? Or are you just getting that 60 feet? You've got probably 20 feet left before the ground and then 15 feet in addition before you're well it lasts up to a minute so we should be yeah. fine right oh yeah you're totally fine yeah. i just wanted to you know just, if you're actually doing you anything else while you're falling. Going, <laughs> like all the way down just but not like a an afraid but like a like someone Wee. who's like um like yeah. to normal beings it sounds you're like a terrifying you. cackling scary laugh but to darthos <laughs> it's the cackle of happy glee yeah <laughs> okay so that takes us to um, Bix. Um, I would like to step out and float down my uh, 60 feet or somewhere in the middle of that. I'm going to chuck a javelin as I'm floating down at the All dragon. All right, go ahead and roll that attack. Uh, 22. Okay, 22 hits. Roll the damage. Ten. Okay. Um, you can see that the the dragon definitely has a lot of wounds at this point. Its uh, body not being as rugged and robust as the black dragon's was. Uh, Xavier, unless Bix, you had anything else you're going to do? Um, sorry. Uh, no. Okay. Xavier. Uh, what are you going to do? You you still have your boots, which allow you to actually fly, but you can also just take advantage of gravity. And well, I'm going to do my thirty feet that I can go down with my okay my boots so like right now, right? And then we'll release and get a full like ninety feet down or something. Well, uh, take advantage of the slow fall to take advantage of the slow fall. Yeah. So since I won't take damage, I'm going to just. Yeah, so so you get all the way down to the ground, or you could go a little bit lower and be in the beginning part of that tunnel. I'm gonna get into the beginning part of that tunnel. Awesome. But as you get as you get down there to the beginning part of the tunnel, you see Fawn uh, has already made it down there, 
Um, she did not cast low fall on herself. She had a different mechanism at play. And you can see her uh, just slightly ahead of you, both daggers extended out in kind of like a super... Super uh, yeah, <laughs> superhero pointy objects held first. It's like when the bees in, in one of those uh, bee movies gets all angry and they go down stinger first, except it's... Uh, All right. Uh, do you do anything else besides racing down, or are you, is that your turn? Um, I don't think I can do any other attacks as a bonus action. So, okay. Um, as you get Wait, down there, dash, you can see what would dash allow me to do? I'd say you could use your boots again to get another thirty feet, so you get up to the dragon if you want to. I'm gonna get right up on the dragon then. Okay, get right up on the Easy dragon. Dash. Um, so that your movement and your dash you have an action if you want to oh in that case i will attack with my rapier okay roll the attack seven plus nine is 16 that is exactly what it takes to hit it oh (laughs) okay so you feel your blade like sketch in and you're like oh that's like if i was off on a get i would have missed roll the damage Eight is five, so that is seven. Okay, seven points of damage. Awesome. And up close, as you like, kind of dig in a little bit and, and close up to this, the flesh of this creature, especially with all the blood and such, you can smell a funky, musky odor as the spores around it are just letting off little, uh, the little mushrooms and stuff and fungi on it are just letting off little spore clouds and stuff like that. Uh, that takes us back around to the beginning of the order of stuff so that because it's what it's going to do is it's going to keep tunneling down and like it's kind of like you get your hit in and it continues to burrow and there's a moment where you see it burrowing and then you hear a as it pops into an already existing tunnel okay and so you know that it has reached some sort of other point in its trajectory and travels uh and Fawn continues chasing after it, uh, allowing gravity until she comes into what looks like to you, because you're down there, Xavier, it looks like she goes into a slow slide, but it's not possible for her to go into a slow slide. Something is still continuing to assist her in this process. And um, she kind of pauses at the the mouth to a darker space that you can kind of barely make out with your vision. Um, off in the distance, like a furthest extent of your of your vision, um, as she pauses there and waits and looks around before calling back. It went deeper. Uh, Darthos, you've been slow falling along. Continue the slow fall. You could land on the ground or keep going into the hole. I'll keep going into the hole just because you yeah. keep going into the hole. Eventually, it gets to a place where it's just curved enough that you're on your own two feet. You can you kind of like slowly come to a place where you can see Xavier and barely in the distance make out a glint of metal that might be fawn. Well, I think I have... You have dark vision, but it's a longer distance than that. Okay. 60 feet. Uh, And did I hear her say that? Yeah, I would say that you, you heard her as she was shouting that out. Uh, it's a free action. I just yell out, Do we score two? You get an affirmative response of, 
Kill it. If you can. Um, uh, so she's at where it popped through? From what you can tell and, and know. And how far away is she from me? She is about 65 feet away from you. Just That's why you can just see that glint of her armor and stuff. All right. I don't know how much of my movement has technically been used. Because I was falling? Um, We just call it falling. Just okay. use your own movement at this point. Okay. So I am going to use my action and my bonus action to... Or my action and my movement to... uh close the distance to get to her I will almost make it okay um and that takes us to Bix uh you are same situation ground or tunnel tunnel okay you, you fall through into the tunnel um same situation you're located there are you gonna run up or are you gonna stay there what are you I will run as far as I can run. Uh, I mean, I can't attack or anything, right? I can't see it, so I will just use my action to dash. If I can. You could blind attack, which would just be an attack with disadvantage. Blindly throwing a weapon up into a dark tunnel without knowledge of if the creature is there or not. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Let's blindly throw another javelin. Blind throw. So roll with disadvantage. Roll your attack. I rolled a four and a two, so this is probably not going to happen. You still yeah, have yeah. a modifier, though. Uh, so it's, that, I'm assuming a 12 does not hit on my blind attack. So what is the total of that, 12? Yeah. Or no, Eight. 11. Sorry. 11. So you, you, you toss that next javelin, and you see it shining in the distance. And you actually see a shadow pass between you and it after it's already been embedded in the stone wall. Allowing you that moment to realize that that dragon hasn't quite made it that far away. Except now, Xavier's turn. Okay. So I'm about, what, 65 feet away as well from yeah. where Fawn is? I, just so you know, missing with that javelin made me really angry again. Bonus action rage? Yep. Uh, really quickly, while you bonus action rage, roll, roll on your magic wild table. Wild magic table. Your wild magic is more fun. Okay. Um, magic infuses one weapon of your choice that you're holding until your rage ends. The weapon's damage type changes to force and it gains the light and throne properties with a normal range of 20 feet and long range of 60 feet. If the weapon leaves your hand, the weapon reappears in your hand at the end of the current turn. So I can throw my axe, basically. Nice. Which is kind of ridiculously cool. Very Thor. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, cool. So the you hear again more sounds of burrowing um, as the creature tries to get away, and uh, I think that fawn. Seeing the situation and what's going I, on, um, got to do my actions and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, sorry, Xavier. Thank you. Ah, uh, so yeah, I'm going to use my movement and then uh, bonus action dash to get within sixty feet or get within five feet of Bond. Uh-huh. And uh, if I can see anything up ahead, I will throw 
one of my two last remaining daggers. Uh, roll a perception check with disadvantage because you're human without dark vision. Okay, that is a natural one anyway. So <laughs> you're distracted by the glint of a of a <laughs> oh. of a uh, javelin that's just stuck into a wall thirty feet ahead of you and unable to make out anything else. Your eyes just unable to adjust to the dark this quickly after the brightly lit interior space that you're in. And I was like, yeah, there I am. Stupid uh, dark blind human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's usually me that's wandering blindly through the tunnel holding Trixie's tail, so this is amusing to me. <laughs> well, I was like, I, I gotta try. Actually, What's that? I don't think oh. I actually said Bix is a half-elf, so he has yeah. dark vision. Bix does have dark vision. So are you... Uh, kind of throw off into the distance and, and then the other things I said happen. Um, and Fawn reaches up her hands, both hands up into the air. And uh, she says, this happened before they came back a lot. I hope the trick still works. And she throws both hands forward and she casts something and it looks like it's about 20 feet ahead of you just like glimmering in the dark up ahead of you is a huge pile of gold and gems and now our friend dragon will have to do an intelligence check against the spell and does not so that will come up in another round <laughs> but uh yeah you see Vaughn has kind of like put up, and I think you three are aware through interaction and just general intelligence that this is an illusion of gold. But it's pretty hard hard to Which pierce, and if you again. want to try to see if you can pierce the illusion, I will need you to roll investigation checks. Investigation. Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a 12. Yeah, you cannot see through this illusion. You know that it's an illusion, but you still can't see through the illusion. Awesome. 19. 19, yes. You, fix through some sheer moment of genius, <laughs> as lightning strikes where it's never struck. I'm so before. angry that I just see it. I don't even notice the, the illusion. The glimmer of rage and the brightness of your newly enlightened uh, axe <laughs> as, you, as wild magic surges around you. You pierce the gloom and you realize that's not real. Stupid illusion. <laughs> uh, Darth, that's what you all you did. No. I didn't roll. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, Darthos, it is your turn. I'm gonna scooch up that last five feet and uh, see if I can see the the dragon. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check. God dang it! I know you already have disadvantage, which makes this rough. Well, um, it would be an eleven, and I'm gonna. I would like to use my flash of genius <laughs> to make okay. it a fourteen. <laughs> I, there are several protrusions, four of them that could all be the dragon. You How far apart are they from each other? They are quite far from each other. One is about twenty foot from another one, and another one is. 50 feet away and another one is off in the distance. 
Uh, must wait. Um, all right. I'm I'm gonna I would I like to your actual self-talk sounded like <laughs> Darthos's self-talk. Um I would like to hold my action. Okay. Until I can actually for sure see the dragon. And what action are you holding? <laughs> Casting fireball. <laughs> okay, so check off the yes. spell because you will have Yes. Regardless of if you get launched or not, you're holding that magical spell. Mm-hmm. That takes us to Bix and Xavier, you're on deck. Um, Bix I would tell. I would just like to say it to Jason quick. Who's <laughs> <laughs> having headphone <laughs> difficulties? Headset, fun. Okay. Just so you know, you, you, I'm talking to you that just came back. I'm holding my action until I can see Dragon, and that action is to cast Fireball. So, so you have to unmute so, yourself. Sorry, just so you know, very fireball. Okay, um, <laughs> can I see the dragon? <laughs> well, it's the beginning. It is your turn. Yes. So you can roll another perception check with with it. Just a flat a flat check because you do have dark vision and you're not Darvos. <laughs> you're not Xavier who's blind. No, I didn't. Uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 11, no, you're not able to make out the dragon. You do see several lumps of maybe stalagmite, stalactite combinations that could be a dragon, but you're unable to tell for I sure. Would, um, roll a d4. Number, the, number those in your head, one to four, right? Okay. I'm going to chuck my axe at number two. Okay, go ahead and roll the attack. For those listening, Jason is currently juggling a puppy while trying to roll. Uh, Does a 29 hit? Uh, Yes, in fact. (laughs) Through all the luck possible, you hit. And you see that sparkling axe hit that point. At which point, Darthos, because the axe hit and it glows because Bix has a glowing axe right now that just returned to his hand, but in that moment where it was glowing as it was (laughs) Embedded in dragon. I love it when a plan comes together. (laughs) (laughs) So Bix rolled damage while Darthos. 19 for me. Uh, It's only 24, but it's a 15 deck save. Uh, It does not make the save. And I don't know which one of you does this. So the two of you have to collaborate together to describe (laughs) what happens to this poor dragon. Um, you go. You go ahead. I think that your follow up thing killed it. So. Uh. Okay. Um. Honestly, I, like I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna say, great ball of fire. Cast <laughs> <laughs> fireball. Uh, as I see the at, like see its scales blend off of the axe. I'm going to say, and now we eat! <laughs> as you as you squeal, and now we eat, uh, the um, <laughs> you hear amongst the roaring flames that you've cast, and I think so far we've only established that Darthos knows how to speak Draconic so far. You hear, I am not the last. More will come for you, peoples. 
Raggins off her head. Gotta wear a little light. With that, we're out of combat. Um, <laughs> catching your breath. Well, I'm this... glad you guys killed it because I was going to be pulling out my oil lantern. <laughs> Helpless human. <laughs> and honestly with that as like everything comes down uh you look over at fawn as you're like about to pull out your oil lantern and she's about to pull out her hooded oil lantern at the same time you both look at each other and just chuckle <laughs> she, she pulls hers out and then un- unhoods it and you both have light over there in that corner i'm gonna take um, a few deep breaths and uh Unrage myself, and then um, I will walk over to. Uh, here. Yes, I'll walk over to Andy and touch his weapon and cast light on it. So you have like glowing, and then I will walk over to Fawn and do the same with one of her weapons. Oh wait, can I do that twice? Uh, I think you can only do one. Okay, well I'll do it just to Andy's then. Yeah, you do it to Andy's, and then Andy seeing what you did, or um, Fawn seeing what you did for Andy, uh, she just, you you hear in your head, Bix, which you've heard this before. This isn't the first time you've heard. Um, and you can kind of see her fingering a small piece of copper in her hand as she's doing it. You hear in your head, oh, I'm good. Anything that gets too close to me can't get too close to me. And you get a flash as she speaks into your head, Bix, of those little birds. Yeah. Start right. to annoy my lantern and just be like, hey, thanks. Oh, so I'm examining my right here. You're welcome. Swing it like my, a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And then in my head, my head to uh, Fawn, I'll just be like, naturally. Like, I, I have any idea what she means. And then I'm just going to like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so as the four of you kind of gather together in this uh, cave, you can see that this is an extension of the complex and might actually be where um, before those, those those monsters had erupted from the ground in the marketplace, this might be part of that complex. Um, but you're here, the four of you, um, and Fawn just says, ah, let me put up a perimeter, but we got to get back to Underton. And then she kind of steps away and she starts pulling out this silvery thread that she starts laying around in a circle around you all. Dortha says, Waits! 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 And dashes over to the dragon and like tears out a chunk and then like... No one else? Who's uh, one? No, no thank you. And I'm just gonna like scurry back and just start like munching on this well, well he does that flesh. i'm gonna go and uh <laughs> loot the dragon if there's any loot um i mean you can make out that the the skin as strange as it is might be useful if you were able to harvest it properly um the eyes are huge and luminous and they might be interesting to uh, i think Bix, based on like your weird relationship with these surges of magic that you haven't really been un- quite control of in the in the strange way your songs also can bring things to be that aren't in the norm you might see that they have maybe a use amongst those who are magical i'll just reach and go 
and just stick my hand in and just pull the eyeball out. Uh, roll a, a strength check just so I can decide how. Actually, roll a dexterity check. That's what I really need to roll a dexterity check. You sure it's not a strength check? I'm, are you positive? Roll a, dext- roll, roll, <laughs> gonna... roll a strength check to see if you're able to suck this eyeball out of the head. 16 for strength. Okay. Noticing what he's doing, I'm going to reach into my backpack and go, would this help? And toss him a crowbar. <laughs> well, he... he, he uh, okay, so you get to decide how you do that, how you react to that that crowbar being tossed at you, Bix. But you, you have firm grip on the eyeball and you're pulling it out. But it's well, starting okay, to tear. I got the, this hand in the eyeball and I'm just be like, catch the crowbar and be like... I'm just trying to pull the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a little late already. I'm glad to see that. And it's a, it's a, it's a little torn, the membrane of the eye, but uh, otherwise you have a an eyeball from a from an underdark dragon from a deep dragon. As he walks back and I go, oh, you's you's right. That's 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 special. This this umami. About my mommy. <laughs> no, not you, mommy. Umami. You try? Clearly okay. How's everybody else? I I think Fawn, after she lays down the rest of the silver thread, comes back, nods at you, Darthos, and quietly just pulls out a blade and slices off a thin slice of it. Just eats it off with her knife. Now you're the only one that didn't try it, Xavier. I think I'm okay. All right, but you all uh, have fun, and then I'm going to try and slay the hand with just a little kick. Uh, roll your slide hand check. All right, and Darth, roll your perception check. Roll your ah! dis- disadvantage perception. I gotta go to skills here quick. Uh, slay the hand. <laughs> it's a five. That is a seventeen. <laughs> uh, I I think it, the the most comical bit in this. I don't know what Bix would have rolled for a perception check, but Fawn fully watches you move in every moment of this. And that's hard because Fawn is one of the only beings that you've encountered, Xavier, who can actually catch you when you're up to this type of thing. I have a feeling about that, yeah. And so, like, it's it's a little bit rough that she just sees you because her um, passive perception is 30. Um, <laughs> Holy shit, Fawn! <laughs> uh, but Fawn, uh, I might have leveled up where we were going. Fawn might have had to do a lot of things while you're all gone. <laughs> Eight years is a while. Uh, but uh, as 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 you see, as you, she's like literally tracking back and forth, and Darthos is just oblivious. He actually bites into the section you've just trimmed without even noticing. <laughs> uh, so. We need to get back to Overton. This is this is stupid. We can't do anything out here at this point. Should we follow up on the message you received that there could be a tunnel under the water? I I don't I don't know where that's gonna be. I have no sense under here and she's like points at her eyes and then she Points to both you, Bix, and, and Darthos. Do either of you have a sense of what's going on under here? 
Oh. It goes uh, down. That way. No. Don't look at me. I'm going to, like, try to decide if I can determine which way is the direction of Overton. <laughs> but, Overton is that way. Is there a tunnel going that way? Um, I honestly, I can't see here. And if we're going to try to find things. Well, like, I we're going to march underground. Uh, I, uh, here, um, I, so. Isa sent something, but. Yes? Like. I sensed it before, not here's. Uh. That's a secret. I can't tell. But, uh, I, I, the, it's. I sense something. It's like a, um, like a doors, kind of, um, and takes pe- it takes people, but I don't know where. But I, I think, I think there's ones near here. Well, with that and the rumors of there being people below, could they be the same place? Are your people the people that are here? I don't think so. But I don't know. They most. And you can see Darthos is like struggling, like trying to figure out how to, to how to answer your question without <laughs> betraying secrets. <laughs> uh, not that I knows. Are there any in- insects or anything under here? Like roaches, any kind of anything? Crawling around rats? Um, roll a perception check. I was going to say there's those insect things that the trio thought. <laughs> uh, oh. then must be eliminated all Perception of them. check? Yeah. 24. Um, you looking around, it doesn't look like there's a lot of creatures. There is some fauna and flora, like there's some small molds growing, and there looks like there's some small insect-like creatures that are there. I would like to cast Speak with Animals and ask the insect if it knows which tunnels go across the ocean. (laughs) That's a lot to ask of a bug! (laughs) Okay. Um... Roll an animal handling check <laughs> versus insectoid. Natural <laughs> 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 That's awesome. <laughs> so with, with my huge animal handling bonus, that's a 21. This is the pain. 
This is the pain. <laughs> um, okay, okay, we're about to have a conversation with an insect. <laughs> so what do you say to this insect, Bix? Say, Hello, little bug. How are you doing today? He just hears screaming. <laughs> And as it says, gotta tell the others, another creature of the same sort kind of crawls up over it a little bit and goes, You told us already! Wash it! Wash it! (laughs) Do any of you happen to know uh, which tunnel goes across the ocean underneath? The what's? The what's? The what's? Uh, Now there's like five of them all gathered together and echoing each other. The giant water that's above the dirt. Which one goes all that way underneath of it? The hive, 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 the hive. Now there's like 20 of them all echoing each other. Mm, you guys are really annoying. This way, this way, this way, this way. Now they're, it's like they're just growing in number. And now there's a hundred of them. But you see a trail start peeling off and going back up the recently ex- ex- excavated tunnel that you all came down. Because you rolled a natural 20 on talking with bugs. Oh, I take it back. You're not annoying. You're being helpful. I will follow you. We're helpful, we're helpful. And you hear the sound of the insect voice, helpful, echoing both ahead of you and behind you as this line starts to form. Uh, the bugs say, bug say we should go this way. Uh, big guy, yeah, I was just about to ask you who you're talking to. Uh... N- neither of you, by the way, Xavier or Darthos, and Fawn knows a little, but like neither of you hear a single thing except for Bix making weird, strange, chittering noises. Why I'm asking uh, what you're doing, big guy. Uh, the bugs the bug say we should go this way to get to the tunnels that go under the ocean. Bix, it's overwhelming. There's too many voices now. There's thousands. There's a lot of bugs. I'm gonna like follow them for as long as I can tolerate this, like the direction there. Um, yeah. As you start going, uh, Bon pulls you, Xavier, and Darthos back a bit and goes, "All right, he's good at this." Just go with it for now. I'm going to turn around back to you guys. Like, what is nobody talking? I can't hear anything over these bugs. (laughs) 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 You're all like, huh? (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) Pix is his own brand of hell as billion bugs are now talking to him. You say so, boss. Communal bugs. I'll start following since Vaughn said to. All right, boss, you got it. I hope I didn't do wrong. Can I do a um, history check to see if I know anything about any of these tunnels or anything? Yeah, go ahead and roll it. Uh, like you, you actually, you could take advantage of one of your contacts if you want to, um, and say that one of them was one that you learned things from as well. If you want to roll with advantage, we can use up one of those. Sure. 
let's do that. I will definitely take the 18 over the 7. So 18 plus history, that's a uh, 25. Yeah. Um, well, you were there for part of this. Uh, you weren't here, but you heard the aftermath about like what happened with the recent explosion of things and, and att attacks. But you got a chance to, and you did you use your advantage for this? Yeah. Yeah. You got a chance to speak with one of the historians who actually does know something about the beginnings of Mary Delph's Bard beard? Mary, did I let get that word? <laughs> hey, you I named it. Mary, Mary Beard Snell. <laughs> I technically didn't. I stole it directly from an actual location in Antarctica. So, hey. Um, but I. Well, then it was double your fault because you picked it. <laughs> you. you <laughs> uh, All the names you, to you, survive 5,000 years or whatever, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one nobody nobody ever ever worked into a new word. <sighs> Such a rough life. Uh, but you you have grown to understand that their ancients, what they call their ancients, uh, tunneled out this original settlement after their first settlement collapsed uh, under a great ocean, um, so that they had relocated here to this this new location and and started digging to stay safe from what they determined or what they what they the history calls the the scorching rays um some sort of situation where the the sun was too much for their beings um and they grew and they adapted and they slowly built out the entire civilization that is Mary itself um and many of the tunnels are their own creation the recent incursion from from various monsters over the last 8 years has expanded their reach with the most extensive one being the most recent incursion. Um, and that's where they developed their, their might and prowess at strategy and combat underground. Um, the folks of this place and of this, this city, really, this underground city, have um, mapped it pretty extensively, and they've blocked off most of the sections that they believe were were um, unsafe but of course this recent incursion has brought in all sorts of new things there's been uh smaller incursions of other beasts since in the last couple of days um you haven't heard of any dragons coming up from below until now um you haven't heard of any beings with the the, the, the dress and behavior and the mask of the one that you had seen above whose body and head are still separated yet upstairs um, but you are aware that um, these tunnels have a long storied history as far as being both humanoid made, but also being the discovery most recently of various monsters. Make. Okay. Um, in terms of the specifics of the, the rumor, you're the one that brought the rumor to Fawn's attention about there being another people below. Okay. Right, so Bix, you're following the ants? Yep. I'm following Bix. The ants are marching one by one. Hurrah, hurrah. As I you start singing that, Bix, they all start echoing it back to you. <laughs> How long does this smell last? Um, ten minutes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the next ten minutes, you're just treated to a chorus from a thousand voices. That's a hell of a cannon. Might have been a lot of voices ringing. Who can hear a lousy whistle blow? 
Eventually, you're brought to a different section uh, underground, um, if you're all following it. And uh, Darthos, that feeling is stronger here. It's close. Can I uh, catch up to Fawn a little? Because I would have been going at the end just because I'm like, yeah, like munching as we go. And also short legs. Um, um, but I catch up to Fawn and I go. I, 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 I think they's right. They's, they seems to be heading in, in, in the direction I feels the thing. So, on whispers to you, then lead us the rest of the way. Look at what the ants are doing, and you see the ants are just milling about, and Bix is kind of standing there in the middle of them, plugging his ears. And <laughs> uh, I, all right, um. I gotta go. Thanks, little guys. Um, and the spell runs out. <laughs> Just in time. I can try, but it's not always the best at 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 finding things. I I I I try. Okay. Um, if you're gonna go ahead and try, roll the survival check, and remember, you do have this particular one with advantage. I need to stop rolling this dice. It's so hard to read. Uh, 19? Was that with advantage? Yeah, I rolled an 18 and a 12. You're pretty certain you know where to go. Um, You can feel the pulse, and it's like a heartbeat. It's not the same heartbeat you grew up with. The warmth of that heartbeat was slightly different. That was home. And this is similar, but not quite the same. And you eventually, you all move through tunnels and um, you can see sections of this. This tunnel is very, fairly newly um, excavated, but it's been re-excavated. It's clear that it's been shored up and closed off before. And you finally get to this location where, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going away. I'm going to be un- unspeaking. No words from me in a second. I don't. Uh, but you get to this this section of the tunnel that kind of just narrows down to a very dark, dark gap. Something so dark that your eyes can't pierce it. Um, even those of you with dark vision, you're having a really hard time making out what's going on in that space. I'm not liking the look of that. I'm going to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to pick up a rock. I'm going to cast light on that instead and then chuck it into the dark space. You right. chuck that rock and there are things that are normal that you expect to have happen when you chuck an item. One of those is the sound of it hitting something eventually. <laughs> that is what's missing. As you lose sight of the rock, that's expected. It's dark over there. And I'm what going is to unexpected say, is the silence. And I'm going to say ow as I stub my toe as the light suddenly goes away from my rapier. <laughs> and I am in pitch black. And then I will turn ah, around. Right. <clears throat> After that, I'll turn around and relight your rapier. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Watch out well, for that rock there. That seems... That seems right. I mean, 
it, it just goes. So if you want, we can goes. Uh, let's be smart about this. I'm gonna pull out a tong, uh, one of the ketons and my rope, and kind of pound that into the wall, tie the rope to it, and go. This gives us fifty feet to try and kind of inch in there, but no, we can get back. Who wants to go? Fawn nods to you and says, "Yeah, good, good call. Safety and volunteers." Darthos. Uh, do I have? I take out my fifty feet of rope, and I say, "Now we got hundreds." <laughs> let's let's uh let's do fifty first and see what that happens. That's only fifty feet of rope. Okay, well, I leaves here, and I take Oops. the end of end of his rope, and I I I. You leave your yeah, bell. What luck that we were all wearing our packs when that dragon attacked. Do I have a bell? Is that what you asked? Do you have a belt? Oh, belt. Uh, you have a bajillion things all over your body, Darthos. <laughs> let's let's don't tie that on. One of them a belt. <laughs> I am absolutely certain one of them is a belt. Okay. Bit of Mine? cabling, random powder for magnet practice. You mind if I tie this on? No. Give it a good couple pulls, make sure it's not going to just slide I fall off. over because I'm only, like, <laughs> two feet high. Well, not, <laughs> not, not like the really, like, uh, but, you know, enough where it pulls against you, but okay. isn't coming off. I only stumble a little then. <laughs> You're strong. <laughs> no, he's strong. I'm just uh, good at hiding. Well, you stronger than eyes. Maybe. <laughs> I, I have know. a, I have a I negative one on my strength. Um, so, okay, I goes. Um, if I can't talk, I, 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 Pull I just hear. Pull the rope twice if you're in trouble. Two sharp tugs, and we'll just start pulling it back. Okay, and if I's not in trouble, go to the end, and then make your way back, and let us know, and we'll put another fifty feet on. <laughs> Well, that. Chris, do you have a message or do you have. I do have a message. I'm going to take out, like, from my copper wire collection. <laughs> give her some copper wire. Give him some copper wires. But, here. If you, uh, think of me, if you need to. I mean, I. I, I has. Oh, okay. You, you need? No, I'm good. I has. This is, like, my whole job. I'll just take out, like, a giant handful of copper <laughs> <laughs> Fawn just casually wow. goes over and grabs one and goes, I just dropped the last one, so sorry about that. Yours is much bigger than mine. And I'm just gonna look around. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, you, you'll make me walk all the way back if I run out of rope? Can I just right. tell you? Uh, tell us, we'll come forward with the next set. Okay, and I leave my pile of rope. Which That's I will good. pick up. And I'm going to head out. You walk into this. Yeah. You As you walk in, it's it's that... It, it is different, but it is that still that pulsing feel, and it's so strong. Do you think you ever walked into the one that you know of? No. It was never kind of like on my... Uh, 
you were. I was never put in. Yeah, I was never put in the. uh, (laughs) Yeah. No. No. In in the vicinity of it, it's more like just the the kind of like the. So so this is an unfamiliar experience to you as you start to it and and you you, uh, Bix and Xavier and Fawn you all watch as. Darthos seems to melt into the darkness, but Darthos, what you feel is this tingling sensation kind of begins to spread throughout your body. The world, it's not like you walk into darkness. It feels like to you that the world has faded away and it's been replaced by a kaleidoscope of colors and shapes that dance and twirl and swirl in your mind. And suddenly you feel a jolt. And you're in a different place. The air is thick, the scent of flowers. And off in the distance, you see the soft glow of fireflies. I go to tug on the rope. Is there still tension? You see a broken off piece of rope behind you. And there's nothing else behind me. There's darkness. Huh. I'm going to walk back the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just as you, um, as you, Bix and and Xavier, see the rope go slack suddenly. Darthos comes walking back with a broken piece of rope in hand, coming back out of the darkness. Um, Darthos, again, you feel that same sensation, except this time you come to a drier, mustier smell of dust and fungus. Uh, Wells is it's it's fine. I I go somewhere else. I don't know where is, but I backs. I fine. It smells like flowers. Okay, works for me. This doesn't smell like. I mean, it, it, I knows, and I look at Fawn. I go, I knows you want to go, wants to go to Overton, but I mean, this is somewhere else. So, did you see any of? Oh hell! I'll leave it up to you all. Do you think we should go, or do we find another path passage? Oh, what the hell? I just walked through the thing. <laughs> I just walked forward through the dark. Vix, uh, as you walk through, you feel that same tingling experience and everything, and then you come out to that, that rich scent of wildflowers. You see the fireflies off in the distance. Um, and, and as you've just walked through, uh, you realize that you are standing in the middle of a lush forest, except the trees are stretching way too high, way too far into the sky. And you can hear the sound of laughter and music and you can see there's a little clearing up ahead. I'm going to wait to see if anybody else comes out. I would have followed him. Yeah. looks at you, Xavier. Are we certain about this? No, but we can't exactly leave them now, can we? They're going to do amazing things. They're going to do amazing things. And you realize she's not talking to you. She's just chanting it to herself <laughs> <laughs> as she steps into the darkness. Rook before each uh, of our sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to uh, my alter ego today. Make sure that there's nothing laying around real quick to retrieve my crown. Uh, yeah, you and grab the rope that Darthos had left behind and. Yeah, you all find yourself standing in the middle of this lush forest. Um, that again, those trees stretch into the sky. They're a strange color, actually. They're they're not colored 
as you would normally expect, and you hear the sound of laughter and music, and you can see that same clearing that that uh, Bix saw. Um, I would like. Someone's got advantage on this, definitely. I would like anybody who wants to, who feels like they've spent time around uncanny creatures. That's a stretch here in D&D lore. <laughs> but feels like they spent time purposefully and un- trying to understand uncanny creatures to go ahead and roll a perception check. Maybe just out of book learning or not. It's up to you. Or what is it? What is a five E or what? What? I don't say five E. I think I would look. What is an uncanny creature in five E? That's the question I was trying to ask. Uh, things that you think would be uncanny in the context of the things we've played through so far just would seem odd to you all. Like the gifts or right. I would probably be uncanny in comparison to twenty two. They stand out. Twenty two. I don't. What I could think of is maybe as someone who like roamed the wilds around Canyonville with his tribe of barbarians or whatever. Um, maybe like the monsters that were coming out of the village that was halfway between there and Fisherton might be uncanny creatures. Yeah, I think you could count that. I think go ahead and roll the the, the perception check as well. Probably does not matter. Uh, or maybe fourteen. Uh, Okay. Darthos, did you or no? Okay. Yeah, well, I, I I can't even think of like something that would necessarily necessitate the situation, but also like why would I even try? I did I did just talk to a hundred thousand ants, that was pretty uncanny. <laughs> uh you can be the uncanny creature, you know. Fix, you've seen <laughs> some strange creatures in your life. Uh you've seen fire that seemed humanoid. You've seen it move out of a crevice of lava and back into it. Your group very quickly decided it wasn't worth investigating, that that wasn't a worthy battle to have. And instead, the, the, the you all moved on. Um, but you've seen that type of thing occasionally. And, and there's something to that in what you're seeing, but nothing of fire. Um, Xavier... You think you've seen some of these creatures before? There's a wild mix of them, but you you think you've seen there's there's one that holds still for only a second. You think before just disappearing. You think you've run across these before when you were in uh, Overton. You think this is part of that rumor of the little green people in the hills of Overton? They're so different here. So strange. And there's some things flying around. And you kind of like look to Fawn because she always has like some bird or whatnot floating in to talk to her, but she's not. She doesn't have any of those. But you one thing that I think all three of you recognize as soon as you're through and Fawn is with you. Fawn looks different. Fawn looks more stretched out. Her eyes look bigger. Her teeth seem to suddenly become a little bit sharper somehow. And she almost, it's like she's gone from being the leader of 
or co-leader of a quiet, slippery organization like Boots and Liars to something almost feral. And you see her smile with glee, which Fawn does not smile. Well, I see you okay. I feel like I'm home. She reaches her hand down. She touches the soil and little um, bits of flower and fireflies just come in and land on her hand as she puts her hand in the dirt. It smells like home. Where's home? I don't know. I wasn't... There's... No place that's home, Fisherton. Okay. Well, these things running around. Did anybody else ever hear of the little green men, the little green things? Nope. Can I roll a history check to see if I yeah. would? Yeah, yeah, Darthas, you can roll with advantage because you did grow up in the Underton. And... I rolled a three and a four. <laughs> Somehow you missed that rumor. For a total of seven. Somehow <laughs> you might you might have like walked by somebody talking about all of your men, but why would you listen to that garbage? That's what these remind me of, but not quite. I heard they had helped the timeless trio, but I don't know much more. Maybe they'd help us if they're the same thing. One way to find out. Oh, wait, wait. There's music and fire over that way. Let me see if I can get close enough to see anything. I can be pretty sneaky when I want to be. Of course, around here. Sorry, go ahead and roll a stealth check if you're picking up on that. Is anybody, Uh, is everybody else staying back? Bond staying back. I'm wearing a half plate. I'm just going to stay here. And, and I'm <laughs> going to move at half speed because this is a really plank, familiar. Plank. Okay. So really want to get that advantage. That on. is a night nat 20. Hey! Cool. All together, that is a 29. Definitely That's worth it. Um, yeah. So. The fire. the fire came up. This is the one on the Yeah, you 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 are able to approach closer. Um as you get a little bit closer to this space and, and what's going on, you kind of still have that sense of wonder and awe taking in all the sights and sounds of this place. And you kind of like all of you are kind of getting the sense that time really doesn't have meaning here in this space. But as you get closer, you make out there are some creatures that you might have mistaken as birds, but you realize that they have humanoid bodies with varied wing shapes. And you see other creatures that are kind of always amorphous, swapping and changing and humanoid one moment, but then canine in the next. But they seem to be fluid and... And in the next moment, they are just a big splash of water before, again, resuming the humanoid form. And then another one is just 
you're certain that that was a being, but now it's a whirlwind. And then there are others just dancing around and they have cloven hooves and others have strange contraptions coming out of every part of their body, swinging around. And you realize that it's a living beehive somehow. Okay. A cloud of butterflies comes within inches of you without you being spotted and resolves into a humanoid form before they all disperse in multiple directions again. And then I am going to slip back to the party and describe what I have just seen. Sounds like he's been into the special drugs that Trixie keeps down below. I, looking at it, felt like I might have done that, but I've never seen anything like it. It didn't appear hostile, but I don't know. They seem to be celebrating almost, but I don't know if that's the right term for it either. Like a beehive? You're muted. Perhaps we should go say hello? Should we all go, or should just one of us at first? I can be pretty persuasive and diplomatic, if need be. Well, what about Fonses? Fonses says she feels like home. So maybe, maybe they is recognizing her? Could all three of you, as Dartha says, Fawn, roll a perception check. Fawn has left the building. Natural 20. (laughs) 19 plus 9 is 28. 3 plus 12 plus 12. Bix, your natural 20 plus what is it normally? Uh, 5, so 25. Okay. I'm at 31. Okay, and what did you get, (laughs) Dartha? To be fair, I rolled a two and a four, so it's not like the disadvantage is really fucking me over at all. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Um, I just don't have a dice jail. I just feel like you're standing there like this. On her stealth check, she rolled a 33. Oh, Jesus. I was close. So, I couldn't even have gotten it with the natural. So it isn't really until Darthos says, what about Fawns, is that you start looking around for her. And then you spot her off in the distance in the meadow, dancing with the other beings. There she go. She has never looked so carefree. Mm. And it's frightening given how she never looks carefree. Boss looks pretty chill. Anybody else ever seen her like that at all? Knows. She's usually serious. All's about the business. But she's uh, attacking something and having some fun that way. That's not attacking. You can see that the fairy-like creatures and other fey creatures are swirling with her and biting her in and and exchanging garments and adding things to her ensemble. The sounds of harps and flutes and drums, which are not in visible presence, pick up and then she pulls out a flute. And suddenly everyone has flutes in their hands out there. It's mesmerizing, 
I need you all to roll charisma saving throws as you watch. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 17. 16. Three. <laughs> uh, okay, so Bix. For a small creature, Darthos televises everything that Darthos is about to do. And Darthos is walking straight towards the swirling madness. Xavier, you feel the pull and you try to resist, but you are being pulled. I need you to roll another Christmas saving throw after I give Bix a chance to react to Darthos. Okay. I'm just going to grab Darthos, but I like to scruff collar and just pick him up. Darthos, you're held up by the scruff of your collar, but you still feel yourself moving forward, even though you're really not. And you're drawn in, and your vision is being pulled towards the center of that swirling circle of joy and celebration, laughter and merriment. All troubles can be forgotten, and you can revel in the beauty of life. That's all going through your head, Darthos. Savior. Kristen Fond didn't roll as high on her save as her charisma check. <laughs> 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 Uh, Xavier. 12. Has your pulling, what, you rolled a 12 this time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your, your head is also filling with this. And you, you're, you're realizing that you can forget all worries of the mortal world there. You can lose yourself in the magic of the moment. No more concern yourself with the political diaspora and I think I'm leveraging this my... person versus that person. You just, and as you do, as I'm you taking remove, off my dread backpack because it's like, oh, this is heavy. As you do, uh, uh, an individual with little horns coming out of their head and, and a bright, beautific smile hands you a beautiful scarf in place of it. And now you're part of this swirling circle with a splendid scarf. Darthos, you're being held in the air and you see Xavier moving towards this and fix. <laughs> Is holding you in the air, and you feel like you're a little fairy flying with the other. I was gonna say, I was gonna start like swimming in the air, (laughs) thinking I was floating. With my other hand, I'm gonna take out my song horn. I'm just gonna be like, (laughs) roll a performance check, Bix. That's a dirty 20. Oh, you beat the 18. That's going to tell you you had to beat. You hear it, it pierces you. Well, it's closest to you, Darth, though. So you are almost deafened by this horrific, cacophonous destruction Jeez. of this beautiful moment. Xavier, you're, you're, you're in this space in this moment. And this horn comes from the distance and pierces the bubble and breaks it. And you see everybody falter in their steps. The dance is slowing down. I give you another chance to roll a Christmas saving throw. Fawn also has a Christmas saving throw to go. After I stop blowing, I will say, Y'all are being charmed! Thank you. Thank you very much. 16 again. Uh, Let me just go back here. Bix, you have advantage against being charmed. charmed. Did you roll with advantage last time, Bix? I did not. Can you just roll another D20? I messaged him that, but... (laughs) It's fine. The other one's higher anyway. Okay, cool. Um, 
so as as that's all happening and all, Xavier, you're stumbling and you rolled a 16 again. So you're, you're, you're trying to recover. You look up and as you look up, you see this, this sylph swirling in space, her smile gazing at you. And she hands you a beautiful set of silk gauntlets. Who doesn't want silk gauntlets? I need you to roll another wisdom saving throw. <laughs> oh boy. Have I nineteen. Or no, wisdom. Yeah, nineteen. Oh, um, Christmas Christmas is still nineteen. With, uh, with so. Okay, so you you as the the gloves are about to touch your hands, you shake yourself and you realize that you're standing in the middle of a circle. And there's Fawn dancing merrily, although she has also faltered in this moment and is looking at you in confusion. Some of her normal stoicism restoring itself. You know, like walk up, still holding Barthes in one hand, be like, "Hello, boss." As yeah. you say "Hello, boss," you see several of the creatures kind of swirling off into the forest and, and disappearing. But three of them stop dancing and look around and realize that there are before you here. Well, I will message uh, Fawn and say, "Wake up." Shakes her head. Looks at you. You hear in your head. God damn it. <sighs> Who saw that? Everybody. <sighs> <laughs> saw what? Garthus just says, what He's a good dancer. <sighs> the flute. Is Darkness out of it now? We need memory wipes for all of us. I'm, I'm gonna go assume that while I kinda saw it, I don't, didn't see it per se, like totally in that moment consciousness. So. As the four of you are kind of like regaining sense, Darthos has very clearly regained their sense, but still being a little locked apparently by Vic at this moment, I guess. Um, the, I'll, put, I'll put Darthos down if you're fine now. The three beings look at you. Mortals. Where are you doing here? This is not a safe place for you. Let me tell you. <laughs> we came through a portal. <laughs> it was over there. <laughs> you We're just trying to get home. Are such a strange and I Vix, I need you to roll a charisma check with advantage because you just being ridiculous. <laughs> Twelve. Um, you are a strange fellow. <laughs> are all mortals as strange as this one? And this being looks at you, Xavier, and Darthos, and Fawn in turn. He can be at times, I guess. So you came through one of the dark patches? Yes. Oh, yes. It wasn't a blueberry patch. I'm guessing you didn't intend to be here. And you can see, like, the consternation is getting higher and higher. We don't need you here. Could you go away? Would you help us? Do you know how to get 
Overton. I really wanted to say Sesame Street. <laughs> do you do you mean where that one's from? And you can see this being point at Darthos. Yes. If you promise never to come back. I would promise never to come back on purpose. What do you say? If you promise to never come back on purpose or purposefully, accidentally, purposefully. Well, okay. If that's the case. The one to their side steps forward and goes, Will you kill somebody for me? Uh, You can ignore him. But if you kill someone, I'll let you through. Um, no. No. The third one says, well, they're no fun. Kiss me and I'll let you through. And they smile and things everywhere. You seem kind of bitey. The kiss will be sweet. I'm just staring up at all of y'all, like, give me a moment. Like, it's cool. I'll just, I'm just going to sit down. Like, we're just going to stay then. Like, if you don't want to help us, we'll just stay here because we don't know where to go. So it's fine. We'll just hang out. I'm going to, like, take out my tinderbox, like, start fucking lighting the fire, putting the camp together. The one who first spoke looks really, really upset. Let's come back. Uh, looks really, really upset. But every time it, goes to do something the one who offered um murder as an option glares at them and they stop i will bless this realm with my song forever (laughs) (laughs) it's my camp setting up song Fawn speaks up finally. So you need a kiss from all of us. What about a dice game? All three of them perk up. A game of chance from your mortal world. Yes, and I'll pull out my dice set. Well, I'll run back to my backpack and grab out my dice set. I drop my back and pick that up along the way. And are all of you playing or just the one? I'll play for all of us. And if you fail, I get to, and this is the third one that offered the kiss, I get to keep you forever in my collection. And if I win, you lead us out of here and we can come and go as we please. I love the thrill, the danger that presents, and the opportunity. Deal. And as she says, deal, the entire forest around you glimmers in gold for a second in a kind of swirling pattern, and then the forest becomes still. Let us play. You feel inspired. You feel inspired by the torture of that instrumental riff. D6. 
I hope you all appreciate what I'm doing here for you. And I walk up, I walk up, and I just kind of like tug on, tug on his sleeve, and then pat his arm and say, "You're stupid, but hopefully, hopefully, you're lucky." <laughs> uh, all right. So Save here has just agreed to play a dice game with Faye, and of course, Faye have a dice game that they like to play. So what I need you to do, it's like poker, but with d6s. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. You roll five d6. If you get one, two, three, four, five, six on your first roll, and we'll just have it at that that point there, uh, that's the highest you can actually roll. If you, but then there's, you know, all the normal poker rules kind of a play, but again, with just d6s. So if I rolled... Uh, two twos and three it's fours. Full house. full house. Yeah. All all those basic things. It's just fifty six. So um, the one exception is this: if you get a straight, that beats everything. Okay. And uh, what does my inspiration do for me in this little version? Oh, I well, also my touch was giving him guidance. By the way. Well, first <laughs> off. I think that there is plus. This is my period. dice set. There's the which... draw period. It's your dice set. It's also. Are you? Uh, do you have dice as a as a as a skill? Did you did you take that as a thing? Um, like, are you? Yes, you're proficient in tool in dice set. So that's one of the things I could pick. So I grabbed it. So here's how I think we're going to translate all of this for. The dice set and being proficient in that, you can cheat with sleight of hand and re-roll one of your dice. Okay. For um, Bix's inspiration, you can use that dice to add to another dice to change the total. So you can use another d6 to add to it. So if you roll one and you really wanted a four, you can roll a second three set. And for Darthos's. Uh, and, uh, guidance. Say you can roll a d4 to shift a dice to. Actually, let's make both a d4 so that they're more useful. Okay. So, so Bix d4 gives you a d4 to, to change it, and Darthos gives you a d4 to change it. And those okay. d4s can be add or minus. You decide which way they go. Okay. I only have four d6s, so I'm going to roll four and then I'll roll two more. Do you want to? All right, so I'm going to use. He's concentrating. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting until he rolls his dice. I, I need to wait patiently as like I can. All right, I'm going to uh, try and use sleight of hand. Sleight of hand to. Okay, roll first a d20 to see how successfully you wrote the sleight of hand. Yep. Um, if you're not already proficient in sleight of hand, which I think you should be, because this is your dice set, you can roll with the proficiency. That would be a dirty 20. Okay. Feel like nobody noticed. Okay, so I'm changing that one to a 1. And then I am going to use 
one of the d4s to try and add three to this final dice. Okay. That adds one to it. And I'll use the other one to try and add two more to it. Two. So that makes that a six. So that gives me a straight. <laughs> <laughs> so keeping it hidden, she looks at you. Do you want to raise the stakes? What do you have in mind? I'm feeling lucky. What if we play again in a week? And if I win, you take me with you. Or we could just play now. I think we played for what we were playing for. If you win, I'll give you riches beyond all imagining. And as she holds out her hand, you can see emeralds just spill from her fingers. I would like to roll see if that's an illusion and if I can see through it. Roll an investigation check. Oh, investigation? investigation? I will also try. <laughs> okay, roll Because it's not check. perception. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a three. Oh, so. I, rolled, I rolled two out of habit. Look like Emerald Seed. I'm, I'm just gonna re-roll. Uh it's a twenty-one. It looks like emeralds, like legit emeralds. They're not disappearing at any point. They just seem to keep pouring from her hand. Don't be greedy. Stick to the jobs. We're playing for what we're playing for now. Okay, well. Do you ever feel like playing again? And as she waves her hand, you can see the forest shift and change. And now you're in a, a tavern-looking space. Just come through that door over there. And she gestures off in the distance. And Darthos, you know this tavern. This is not a public tavern. This is a private tavern. Cartbolds only. Ooh. And then Isn't- it evaporates. I'll take you on your way out then. Where did you want to be? Well, we're trying to get back to Overton, right? Fawn just looks at you like you're a nutcase. Yes. How? What just happened? So let's go. Okay. Um, following this. And then I'm going to take a second, real quick, though, on turn and just be like. Like, so the three of you following this fate, or the four of you following this fate being, um, you make your way to a, a, a patch of darkness again, but it's not the same patch you were at before. This one is circled by mushrooms, and you actually can make out the space and what it, what it feels like and looks like. And Darthos, to you, you feel the right pulse. This and feels I'm, like the thing on your side. I'm going to stop a second and go, Darthos, and flip the dice. Thanks. You're welcome. Because I was tempted. Well, I, I get it. 
is pretty pretty shinies, and you can use them for lots of stuffs. But uh, as you look up the eyes, you make eye contact with this being the Would you like to play? Misa? He doesn't want to play. No, eyes Guy super unlucky. Eyes unlucky is okay. I don't. Right. I don't. I don't do the dices. I don't. I don't do the gamblings. Well, I welcome you at any point, and you, my friend, might as well try it all. And looks straight at you, Bix. Pass. And there's almost a silent shake of the head from Fawn before it even makes eye contact. So I don't play with mankind. Don't worry about it, kid. And Fawn just looks startled at the familiarity that has been addressed to her before that dark space suddenly expands out. And all four of you find yourself in a dark tunnel outside of a familiar, but not a frequently visited tavern, Darthos. And I need everybody to roll d20s, wisdom saving throws. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy! Okay. Uh-oh. Thirteen usually yeah. doesn't save much. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> uh, also thirteen. I'm still shook from that game. <sighs> you all appear in this dark tunnel outside of a tavern. You know well, Darthos, with no memory of what just transpired. From the moment you went into darkness till this darkness, you feel like you just literally stepped from one dark space to this dark space. Oh. Hey, it goes right to, right to under. Shush, 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 shush. Shush. Yous are not supposed to be. Be here's. This, 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 this not place for use peeps. Use peoples. Hey, my dice set feels light. Feels light? I'm missing Which... one. Up another. It took me a long time to break that one in. Juan looks at the three of you. Well, apparently that works. Do you want to try to double check it and go back through? No, we have things to do. Yeah, we're here now. How do we get out of here, Darthos? Uh, and I just. <laughs> I'm assuming I know the way. Do I need okay. to roll a survival check? No, no, no. Like this is, this is, okay. is my rapier yeah. still glowing? Uh, no, it's not going. Well, where the heck are we going? I can't see. Ah! ah! Mm. Step up to again. <laughs> Fawn grabs your hand, which is pretty impressive. She says, I can feel things within 10 feet as long as those two keep us straight. We're fine. I'm going to turn it around and touch his rapier with a little crescent moss on it. There you go. Light. <sighs> Much better. Thank you. Anybody who casts spells while they're in the Feywild, by the way, doesn't know why they've lost that spell slot. I don't think anybody casts spells. I was trying I just, to pay attention to that. But. I was out of spells. I only have two. I mean, you mean the Bardic Inspiration? Oh, the Bardic oh. Inspiration is gone. You, you are oh. missing that, so you wonder like, why you feel slightly less capable in that space. I'm actually out. I'm level one bards, I only have two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you all make your way eventually to the top to Overton, and I'm kind of hungry. It didn't seem like it took that long. Maybe those things train you. I don't know, but there's weird things that have happened. The the, the trio they 
they legitimately disappeared for eight years. Good point. And are the same age they were when they disappeared. Well, hopefully it hasn't been eight years. <laughs> you just see total fear flash on Fawn's face for a second. <laughs> well, Let's one's way to here. find out. Are you all follow are y'all following Darthos out? Yes. It does take a couple of hours to get out. It is deep, deep within the Cartbold territory, well past the um public transit system that they've established to serve the Overton and Underton communities. But eventually you come to the bright light of day and that's where we're going to end this session. Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> <sighs> that was a little intense. <laughs> Listen, Thank you. do you need me to go back and repeat any musical stylings? <laughs> Yeah, just like all of them. I want a full uh, album. The next time we're in the Feywilds and someone asks if you want to make a deal, you say no! <laughs> Except you never that really worked out. That you should do that. Uh, Thank you all very much. To say. Eh. <laughs> I know, but... Uh. Thank you all very much for joining us as we have this fun one shot, which who knows, maybe in the future we'll come back to these characters, because why not? But... I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like Jar Jar and a little bit like my my goblin from way back oh, when. Yes, yes, goblin. Yeah. <laughs> Without the steel impediment. No, I had this goblin named Thora because she was like a lightning barbarian, like lightning I can't remember what the exact uh, subclasses, but um, she didn't say her Oz, so it was like I would like to wage. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time she actually spilled blood, she fainted because she never actually killed anyone. Before. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so like she had like that kind of like I would like to wage, but <laughs> yeah, I kind of miss her every once in a while. Oh. She had bright pink, like bright bubblegum pink pigtails, too. Thank you all for joining us. This was so much fun to have a little fun one shot in the midst of our ongoing campaign. Hope you have a brilliant night and bye. And buy some words. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.